Oh boy, he does not take enemies, having enemies well. He does not. Or actually, he probably takes it too well. Yeah, he's, he, he he's like in, secretly loves it. He's invigorated by... <laughs> yes, he is. Oh man. It fuels him. I mean, his dad was like the same he way. He was. <laughs> you know. And I am the same and way. And I am too. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Marissa Macy. And this is, pardon me, a presidential history podcast. And today we're going to be talking about John Quincy mm-hmm. Adams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason I wanted to do this podcast at all. This was it. The whole podcast. The whole pre. This is the pretense of everything mm-hmm. was building up to this. Building up to this episode, <clears throat> and now I'm stuck with the podcast just out of a sake of completionism. Yeah, you wouldn't want it. Yeah, you, much like JQA, mm-hmm. you take on tasks, you yep. see them to completion. Yes. Or, I mean. Or you get distracted <laughs> along the way. It's probably more accurate. I mean, truly, like, I don't think I'm, like, looking forward to another president as much as John Quincy Adams. Yeah. Um, the biography I read mm-hmm. brought me to tears. I I mean, I just am. I mean, this is so like if you listened to our John Adams podcast Mm -hmm. and you were like, oh, they seem like they're a little too into John Adams, like calm it down. Yeah. Then you have another thing coming because we're going to go even harder on John Quincy Adams. It is a lot for me to hear you say that Mm -hmm. because you uh, seem to have a lot of admiration for John Quincy Adams, and mm-hmm. I relate to him very heavily. Yes. And I... And, and I... I ha- yes. <laughs> yes. I see what that... Yes. Which means... Implies. I must... <laughs> you must, yes. Have some admiration for you. Yes, 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 which yes. Which is true. Which is actually very sweet. Yeah. I think that... The, I, okay, so let's just... By the way, I also relate to him. Yes. In, like, a lot of ways. Yes. So I think, like, we both... Mm-hmm are able and we kind of saw ourselves a little bit in John Adams but yes. then John Quincy Adams I mean there's just part of this mm. parts of the book that we both read yeah. which was John Quincy Adams a public life a private life yeah. by Paul C Nagel Paul C Nagel and I was reading it and just yeah. I would just be like this is Trent yeah or I was like writing notes in it that were mm-hmm. just like me Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smiley face. Yes. Or like, LOL. Yes. Same. Uh, I mean, it was just, you know, I was like doing just yeah, 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 yeah. Instagram comments in the biography. In the- <laughs> yes. Basically. Exactly. Here's what I'm going to say about okay. JQA. Okay. Um, I have diagnosed him mm-hmm. as having OCD. Mm-hmm. And Trent, what qualifies you to... to... I have OCD. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about him and the ways... I know that I relate to him. Mm-hmm. If you want to add in also. Yeah. First of all, this guy, complicated relationship with women based on a ridiculously overbearing mother. Mm-hmm. Abigail Adams lost a brother to alcoholism and yes. gambling. Yes. And she did what people do sometimes. And she was so worried about this happening to other people that she she probably did drive them to drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, as we know, this is a light 
trauma processing podcast Mm -hmm. and I had a very similar relationship with my mom very overbearing uh because I am AFAB and because you know like I grew up in a family of misogyny like there's just a lot of like difficulty that I have with women but I really don't want to have that difficulty And so there is this feeling of like, Abigail, by being this harsh mother, kind of like takes away his ability to find comfort in people. With JQA, I relate so much to his depression. He very clearly had an alcohol dependency. He was better managing it. Mm -hmm. He was he was more functional in his alcoholism. But, like, the way the t- good times in his life were times when he was able to drink a lot. Yes. And party. Yeah. Party. You know. He was a party guy. He was a party guy. Yeah. Um, and then, if that wasn't enough, he's got this dad who. Oh, oh boy. I mean, he's John Adams. I mean, I love you, John Adams. Mm-hmm. But. You might have been a little hard on your son. Yeah. And you might have been making it a little bit about you. No kidding. For me, I think what I see in myself and him mm-hmm. is this level of being so hard on himself. Yes. And the standard that he sets mm-hmm. for himself is very similar to the standard I set myself to. Mm-hmm. Just this constant pursuit of having the perfect morning schedule where you get the most amount of stuff done, taking on these massive projects like doing a Mm -hmm. podcast about every single U.S. president. And reading a biography. For each one. For each one. Right. This is just the kind of thing, God help us, if JQA had access to podcasting. If JQA had access to SSRIs. Yes. I mean. (laughs) Wow. And a podcasting mic? Are you kidding? Oh. Watch out. Now, he was, okay, also this guy, like, wanted to be a writer yeah. his whole life. Yeah. He wanted to to pursue mm-hmm. a literary life, mm-hmm. and I am literally that. Yes. I, am, I will settle for nothing else. Mm-hmm. Everything else sounds unappealing, mm-hmm. but I do also kind of have an acumen for yeah. leadership mm-hmm. and even public service yes. and those things. That's something that I feel called to do, but yes. it's not really my, the thing that I want to be spending my mm-hmm. day doing necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I saw that in him so much, yeah. this this duality between being a leader mm-hmm. like innately and and having this drive and this, this push to do, mm-hmm. but then really honestly, truly just having the mind and the want to be like, literary studying mm-hmm. reading writing mm-hmm. um and those kinds of pursuits of knowledge mm-hmm. um so yeah from like just an intellectual point of view i really saw myself in him also mm-hmm. <laughs> when he's in europe he loves europe and oh. i love europe i love europe oh. i lived in europe and i would always oh, did you love live to in... go back i would love to go back you would love to go back to europe. i've never been to europe oh Ooh. someday you'll have to take me to europe I'll show you around. I would love to be showing Europe by you. <laughs> so, all of that in mind, mm-hmm. 
Let's go back. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the very beginning. He's born in 1767, but I'm not going to say which month because we're going to talk about <laughs> the astrology at the end. I know his birthday. I also know his birthday. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's going to be great. So mm-hmm. got to keep listening. Mm-hmm. We give it away again at the beginning. It's no fun. No, don't Google it. Don't go. Stop. Stop. Put it down. If you do that, you don't respect us. That's how I set firm boundaries. That's how we set firm boundaries. Yeah, I've been working on it. Mm-hmm. So he um, is the second child mm-hmm. born of John and Abigail mm-hmm. Adams. Duh. 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 Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know he's so Sorry. weird about it. Sorry if that wasn't clear and then I just <laughs> duh something that you knew, <sighs> didn't know, but sorry. Um feeling spicy about what this if, episode like, what if our crushes were listening to this episode and uh-huh. they heard that and they'd be like brood if my crushes can't hand, handle me at my worst yeah and they don't, then they don't get me at my best they don't get you at your best no. so <laughs> that's right listen to that crushes yeah crushes multitude of people crushing <laughs> on us so he is described as being a vigorous boy oh boy <laughs> i don't know what that means but I that's what know. the biography said <laughs> Very impatient. Sounds sounds euphemistic. Mm, A little bit. (laughs) Sounds like he was moving around a lot. Yeah. He was very impatient, determined, Uh and sensitive to criticism, much like his father. Yeah. So in 1775, fun fact, him and Abigail Adams, this is is the only time we're going to bring up the American Revolution in this episode. And then after this point, we're... Yes. Probably done talking about oh, it. Oh, dear Lord, please. Please. Yes. I can't do it anymore. But I know what you're going to say. I'm it's worth say, mentioning. Yes. Yeah. He watched the Battle of Bunker Hill. Yeah. Uh, on like a hill. Like, not Bunker Hill. A not, different, <laughs> no, he was on a different hill. He wasn't on Bunker Hill with <laughs> Abigail. <laughs> watching the, the, the they battle. They were getting in the way. <laughs> the, like, Ma'am, pardon me. We're having a what battle. What a ball buster. She's like in the middle <laughs> of a war. <laughs> She's like, I need to so, show my son. <laughs> No, they um, were on a they were on a nearby hill. She's like showing him what could happen if he doesn't run the country right when exactly. he's the president. Oh god. <laughs> so they watch Battle of Bunker Hill yeah. from a hill by their home. What I a, just feel like that's his one connection to the American Revolution. Yeah, I mean what a crazy experience. Yeah. He was how old was he? Eight. He starts a diary yeah. at age eleven. Yeah. This is seventeen seventy-nine-ish. Mm-hmm. And this diary would go on Mm -hmm. with very few interruptions Mm -hmm. for 70 years. It's like considered one of the most valuable diaries written by like a prominent American. Yeah. Like period. It's interesting. He wanted to be a writer Mm -hmm. and he absolutely was one. He was. He was not maybe his vision of what a writer would have been. Right. Like I think having the life of you know, yeah. acclaim and such. Mm-hmm. But he wrote all the time and his things were published. So, yeah, he's he's dealing with, like we talked about, Abigail mm-hmm. as a mother. So she kind of has this condescending condescending attitude mm-hmm. towards males. Mm-hmm. Um, same. same. <laughs> she, boy, she has got that belief that it is the woman's role to keep the men morally pure. Yes. And does oh, she yeah. not let down that at all? She had this like severe anxiety, right, about being like a successful mm-hmm. parent. Mm-hmm. Um, John Adams also pushing his son, but more mm-hmm. in like a more in like what you would expect John Adams like uh, yeah. 
you know, to be doing. Like, yeah. Intellectually, career wise, mm-hmm. he wants him. He's like making him learn like Greek mm-hmm. at like age ten. But he's and, doing a lot of sabotaging too. Yeah, too. He's doing yeah. a lot of like, I must stand at the pinnacle of evolution. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm smarter than my father and my my son can't live up to me. Right. Yeah. Which is... Mm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's... Okay, uh, John. Listen, we... I, I do think it was... Inter- today, I was, I was like preparing. I thought it's interesting how we were like, oh, we love John. He's our daddy. And now mm-hmm. it's like, oh. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no. JQ is our daddy JQ, now. JQ, he's, he's our daddy now. John Adams is our old daddy. John Adams bye is bye. old. Bye, 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 John Adams. This is no longer a John Adams fan podcast nope. because him and Abigail, oh boy, lightly abused I, our boyfriend, yeah, John Quincy our Adams. new boyfriend. <laughs> we don't like them anymore. We don't like them anymore. I, yeah. So <clears throat> it's no surprise that he becomes very, very hard on himself. Yeah. And in 1778, mm-hmm. uh, he embarks. To Paris, yes, with his dad, which uh-huh. we talk about in length mm-hmm. in the John Adams episode. The he who must no longer be named. Be named. <laughs> 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 take it all back. Whatever I said in that episode, I take it back. Uh, he's like working as a commissioner in Europe, so he attends boarding school. He learns Latin and French. He's mm-hmm. having the you know the classic mm-hmm. like he's doing some friv- I think what's important to mention mm-hmm. this is the point where he kind of gets into some frivolous things oh you know music theater drawing oh, yes. writing kind of like he's, fancy stuff that yeah. Parisian kids are doing he develops his love for the theater at mm-hmm. the time so this is oh. kind of like to me mm-hmm. I think he would have come to this anyway but sure. I think this helps that seed pretty young yeah. of like his literary life I mean there's not theater in america not in i mean it exists way. but it's a yeah. community theater you well you don't and this have... is like the time of romanticism yeah. in and this is paris yes. i mean he, there's some big important stuff mm-hmm. that is up that i can't name because mm-hmm. i'm not really that big no on but 18th century yeah, yeah, yeah. french <laughs> drama but i know that there's a lot of it that it's is a, good boy, uh, french revolution it's like the french revolutions stirring up and and you're 11? And you're just like... Oh, my God. Yeah. And what... And also... Yeah. You're not just some 11-year-old dumb kid. Yeah. Like, people are treating him like an adult. Uh, so, are at you... the time, Abigail's sending letters. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And in one of them... I mean, uh, she's not sending, like, letters. She's sending, like, missives of disappointment. <laughs> Pamphlets, yeah. Pamphlet. She's pa- oh, she's pamphleting. She's a pamphleteer. <laughs> she's a pamphleteer, and her her main project is driving her son insane. <laughs> <sighs> well, so she's worried about he's over there yeah. in Paris, mm-hmm. do you know, being exposed to who knows what? Oh, dear French women, first of all. First of all, I second mean, of all, theater. Theater. Terrible. By the way, she kind of liked theater, so she's one to talk. She did, but t- yeah, but she's. It rules, wasn't about her. It was rules about for, yeah. Rules for thee, not for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, in one, she said, "For dear as you are to me, I had much rather you should have found your grave in the ocean <gasps> you have crossed, or any untimely death 
crop you in your infant years rather than Ew. see you in a moral profligate or a graceless child. Oh, wow. You must keep a strict guard upon yourself or the odious monster will soon lose its terror by becoming familiar to you. Oh, jeez. So that's what he's dealing with. Yeah, what ends up happening is that about a year later, mm-hmm. Adams, John Adams is recalled mm-hmm. from Europe. They mm-hmm. go back to Braintree. Mm-hmm. And then a few months after that, mm-hmm. uh, he is appointed minister again mm-hmm. in and goes Paris. Back. So they go back. Yeah. He goes again with JQA yeah. and with Charles, mm-hmm. uh, which is the next son. son. Uh, but Charles ends up being too sensitive for the trip, mm-hmm. apparently, and after 18 months was sent back to the States. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but by 17, <clears throat> by 1780, mm-hmm. John Adams is in the Netherlands. JQA is there as well. Mm-hmm. He ends up taking classes at Leiden University, mm-hmm. which is like a world-class university. Yeah. He's attending classes and lectures. So he's getting this kind of like piecemeal education mm-hmm. and really like, I mean, just kind of having the joy of being like this young, like you were saying, prodigy mm-hmm. that is like really getting to play. I mean, do all these like amazing things and mm-hmm. feel so special. So, yeah. I mean, he's very much getting that treatment. Yeah. Then he's uprooted from that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a lot of jostling around. Mm-hmm. He goes with Francis Dana, who was, I believe, working with John Adams. Yeah. He was going to on a diplomatic mission to St. Petersburg mm-hmm. in Russia. Mm-hmm. And for basically because uh, JQA was so good at French. Yeah. I mean, like he he wrote it better than in English. English at the time. Yeah. No. Yeah. French was his preferred language. Yeah. He was so good at French that he was taken as and, and Catherine the Great was... Mm-hmm empress at the time mm-hmm. and the language spoken in her court was french mm-hmm. he takes this like i think he's like 14 years mm-hmm. yeah he's 14 years old and mm-hmm. he goes as an interpreter yeah. so now he's in russia mm-hmm. and he spends some time there mm-hmm. then they leave russia he mm-hmm. leaves russia mm-hmm. He heads to Stockholm mm-hmm. in 1782, mm-hmm. and on that trip, he goes to Helsinki and Copenhagen mm-hmm. and Hamburg, and he spends all this time over Northern Europe, and mm-hmm. everyone loves him, yeah. and he's like the prodigal son of John Adams. Mm-hmm. He's They're obsessed. Mm-hmm. And he um, doesn't update his father like at all the whole time he's there yeah. about like where he's. Well, I mean, yeah, and they are constantly <laughs> nagging at him. Yeah. Constant. Constant. And he, I mean, that's not the way to get someone Mm-mm. to respond. Mm-mm. But they don't have, they want to be able to control. So they're just nope. badger, badger, badger. Classic teenager stuff at this point, too, of just like, I'm not replying. Like, uh-uh. And he's just having a freaking ball and a half yeah. up there. So, yeah. I mean, you think about it. He's 14 years old. Mm-hmm. He's gone to Europe twice. He's been all over. Mm-hmm. He's already gone on an mm-hmm. official diplomatic mission yeah. to Russia. Like, basically on his own. I mean, it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, he's accomplished a lot by 14. <laughs> 1784. Okay. I'm trying to get get us through this early life. Oh, I mean, so, did so damn much. busy. Yeah. Abigail <sighs> and his older sister crossed the Atlantic. Yes. 
Um, and she hasn't seen him in like years. And mm-hmm. she's like so worried about all the changes uh, she's seen in her son. It's like yes. she's aghast. So they're all together in France mm-hmm. and they have this great time together. But they're sort of like fretting about like, what are they going to do about, you know, JQA's future? Mm-hmm. They decide that he must enroll in Harvard of when course. he returns and that he's going to be a lawyer. Right. Yeah. So this is sort of decided for him. I mean, what a drop off. Yep. To go from being this like whirlwind, you know, ambassador. Yeah. And now... Okay, well, now I just want you to go to Harvard like a good boy mm-hmm. and become a lawyer and toil for the rest of your life yeah. so that, you know, you can make me look good. You yeah. can make your father yes. look good. Yes. You are an extension of me. Yeah. And so his years in Harvard, he graduates <sighs> second out of 51. So yeah. he's obviously a great student. I mean, it takes him a while to get in. Yes, because he wants to be start as like a sophomore. Think, like yeah. his father was trying to get him to start as a junior. Yeah, he's wanting to start as a Just this obsession with like, my kid is so special. Yes, yes. He can't start as a freshman. Yes. That would be embarrassing. Mm. We're going to jump. We're in post-college years. Yeah. The year is 1787. Mm-hmm. He's 20 years old. Mm-hmm. He's riding away from Harvard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he spent these years in Europe, mm-hmm. and now he's gonna go practice law in a small town called Newburyport in Massachusetts. Mm. <laughs> and uh, he's got to work as like a basically like a lawyer. He studies law. He's got to study lawyer, law, like under, apprenticing kind yeah. of. He does start his first serious poetic effort mm-hmm. at the time. It's called A Vision, and it yes. is finished in 1790, and it was like all these different poems about mm-hmm. different women in the town. I mean, it was basically Mambo Number 5. Yes, it was Mambo Number 5. <laughs> and he was like very mean to all of them, though. Yeah. It was like Mambo Number 5, but if it was like angry towards women. <laughs> but then he like talks really nicely about like one of them. Like it's just really yeah. like. Clara. But um, so he becomes pretty frustrated. He mm-hmm. wants a career in literature, but now he's stuck in this dumb mm-hmm. law thing, mm-hmm. you know. And that's my official opinion is that law, law is dumb. Is dumb. But, um, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, if it's not what you want to do. No, if it's not what you want to do, it's like it's, so boring. Yeah. So he's very, he becomes depressed. He's very self-critical. And then a couple years later, he falls in love with. Mary Fraser. Yes. Oh man, she and she loves him too. Yeah. But. Yeah. But. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Guess what? Guess what? Surprisingly, Abigail's not excited about having a daughter-in-law. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why. And so it's one of those things where, like, yeah, it this happens many times where. He's sabotaged by his parents. Yes, his mom, like, sends sabotaging letters many times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she goes behind his back and colludes with her family to kind mm -hmm. of put a stop to it. And John Adams is the vice president at Mm -hmm. the time. And so there's this kind of thing of, well, JQA kind of gives, despite all of this, gives her sort of an unofficial, like, engagement proposal proposal but she's like um you're the son of the vice president like i'm not gonna take an unofficial proposal yeah i need a real proposal yeah so i mean good for her she's got she yeah she she knows well and then play the game well yeah and then abigail is like you need to let this girl go because you're leading her on I might. I meanwhile am sabotaging this at the same time she's like but i'm a feminist and i'm just looking out for other women Ugh. ugh abigail abigail is like 
Boy. I'm embarrassed I ever said anything good about I her. I am too. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, like, John and Abigail Adams are still great, but, like, terrible parents. Bad parents. Yeah. Okay, so things are looking pretty bleak now. 1790, he's bored by law. Yeah. This did not work out with his first love. He just wants a life where he can read and write mm-hmm. and watch theater. Mm-hmm. And a couple years go by, mm-hmm. and around 1794, he seems to kind of be coming into his own. Okay. Starting to wanting to do things for himself and not his family. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, okay, this is my life. Mm-hmm. I can make decisions. I can make this happen. Like, yeah. he's kind of he's kind of getting that motivation. Mm-hmm. Then, boom. <laughs> Was a magic trick supposed to happen just now? Yeah, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> I did some really vigorous hand motions. Yeah, you went... You went and at the moment that I did it, I lost my train of thought. Train of thought. So it like, <laughs> President George, George Washington, Washington has put in JQA's name for confirmation as American minister to the Netherlands. He's just under 27 at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's a little conflicted because he's like, okay, um, that's cool. I love Europe. Mm-hmm. I just decided. That yeah. I was going to, like, just do my thing yeah. and it was going to be about my family. Yeah. And now I've clearly gotten this appointment because of my dad. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's the problem yeah. with having the famous dad. Yeah. Is, like, yes. you have to use that connection because yeah. it is a huge arrow in your quiver. Of course. But you never feel like you earned it. And no matter how well you do, it's going to be an extension of him. And da, 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 da. Yeah. So he gets that appointment and he takes it. So, yeah, 1794, he's in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. He's there on behalf of the State Department, mm. just understanding all the craziness going on in yeah. Europe. And, you know, he sees a huge improvement in his emotional mm-hmm. health. And then in 1795, he's sent to London. Mm-hmm. And he's at the time kind of awaiting like instruction yeah because you you know everything's over it's crazy it's just letters and boats yeah so there's all this like downtime yeah these ministers have which we saw with like john adams and jefferson and all the people who spent time over there it's like there's all this downtime where like they don't really get that much done while they're over there just because yeah they're just waiting is like so slow yeah so he meets louisa johnson she's 21 years old yeah and they start spending a lot of time together. And he doesn't really have anything else to do, so he's just just hanging out at her Mm -hmm. family's house. And, um... And, oh, her family is ostentatious. I mean, they are very Mm well-to-do, seemingly. (laughs) Yes. Gonna say. (laughs) There are debts. (laughs) There are debts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The thing that consistently causes me anxiety Mm -hmm. this whole researching of the podcast is the way these people just sling around debts i know and i'm just like that's just but uh, uh, trent it's the american way so they have these crazy debts actually and they're planning to go back to america but they're doing cut and run but they are correct me if i'm getting this wrong but they are doing a little bit of a like putting on a show for this son of a yes. vice president. Yes. Thinking, 
he's going to save them. Yeah, I know. LOL, as if the Adams family has that much money. They're like, they're like, no, they're like, okay. Like Adams doesn't have as much debt as like some of the other presidents compared to any of the other presidents we talked about. But he like barely, you know, it wasn't like he was flush in cash. No, he didn't have all the other assets and stuff to be mortgaging this against either. Yeah. So anyway, let's just let's just uh, take a moment here to Mm. talk about what Abigail thought about this engagement. Did Abigail have an opinion? She did, Trent. Huh. Would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it. Let me find it. I'm sure it was wishing all the best. Mm-hmm. Anything that's good enough for my little boy is good enough for me, <sighs> she said. You don't even have to read it because I can tell I'm already just predicting it accurately. Mm-hmm. But just for technical, just for the technicality's mm-hmm. sake. She sends a letter after hearing of all of this. Mm-hmm. She never mentions her name okay. in the whole letter. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did you call her like that woman? <laughs> she refers to her as a half blood. What? <laughs> that is some Harry Potter shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, JK. All right. Okay. N- referring to her Anglo American parentage. How dare she have a British parent and an American parent? So the half blood part is that she's not all American? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Abigail. All right. Grasping at straws here. Yeah. We, you not that long ago were all British. Yeah. <laughs> like, like within your lifetime. What? Yeah. Like, right. oh, my God. So she also said mm-hmm. that she probably, quote, plays music delightfully. No. <laughs> which, okay, honestly, though. Even though Abigail was like totally abusive, mm-hmm. um, she is so sassy. And yeah, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like these are like it's like biting. It like we hurts. we will come back around to her. Like gays always do. Yes. <laughs> we will. <laughs> it must have been hard to be a woman at that time. Like for real though. So I mean, we can only be so hard on yeah, her. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, which was a hint that Louisa was trained to be an ornament. Oh, and not yes. someone who could be practical or yes. like an intellectual. Because you have to remember, too, Abigail yeah. was an intellectual equal to her husband, yeah. which is not very common. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So her standard for a woman mm-hmm. for her son mm-hmm. was very high. I, I will tell you that if I'm into a woman mm-hmm. and my mom's against her, mm-hmm. oh boy, <laughs> it's not going to do what you think it nope. is. Sorry. Sorry, Elaine. Ever heard of reverse psychology? (laughs) By the way. What? Louisa is Uh an amazing wife. Oh, she is an amazing wife. Yes. She ends up being, they have a fantastic marriage. Yes. She put, I mean, he's a guy that kind of has to be dealt with, put up with. She's got to put up with him. Yes. And um, she also deals, she has a lot of, issues mm. with miscarriages yeah she has a stillbirth yeah they lose a child like early she ends up having three that live into adulthood yes. to die of alcoholism yeah so she has a incredibly hard I mean, life and she keeps it together they have a series of miscarriages yes yeah i believe she loses four it's a lot pregnancies yeah. and yeah. then she has a child and it it is 
in between mm-hmm. children too. Mm-hmm. I I think she I I think she might lose like ten pregnancies or something. Yeah, like it's that. a lot, and it's a lot, and it's hard on both of them. Yes, um, and it it gives JQA this sense of like reverence, I mm-hmm. think, for her. Yes, to to see how hard she yeah. it is on her, mm-hmm. and that she, um, yeah, she the way she handles it, and it really softens him. Yes, also. they're very in it together. Yeah, and I get that impression <clears throat> in a big way. It's not mm-hmm. like this is happening to her, and he's like no. just along for the ride. Not at he's all. he's a very supportive yes. husband, and in return, she's a very supportive yeah. wife too. Yeah. So yeah. they do have a very like strong good yeah. marriage for yeah. sure. Yeah, taking him back to the kind of this timeline of his life mm-hmm. in 1799, he uh, or around this time, sorry, he is appointed minister, minister plenipotentiary, plenipotentiary mm-hmm. to Prussia. Mm-hmm. Heard of it? Heard of it? Prussia. Not a country anymore? It isn't. <laughs> but he's appointed by his father. That's not his fault, by the way. Not his fault that he, he got- didn't. Oh, oh, he didn't make Prussia not exist anymore? Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. He also didn't ask for the appointment from his own father. (sighs) So anyway, he goes. He's loving life in Europe, so he's Mm -hmm. not really that mad. He's like, okay, fine, dad. Yeah. And he goes to Prussia. At this time, he becomes uh, really interested in translating German literature. Mm -hmm. uh, And he does a... An apparently amazing translation of Christoph Martin Weiland's Oberon. Mm-hmm. And it becomes an obsession of his doing yeah. this translation. Yeah. It ends up being published in the United States in 1946. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's kind of has this weird literary legacy that mm-hmm. kind of like trickles down through time. They call him like the father of. German literature or something? Well, in the United States. In the United he, like, States. He brings German literature yeah, yeah. into prominence in the United States, yeah. basically. Yeah. And Faust, uh, famous German. Of writer, course. Uh, he really admired JQA's work mm-hmm. and applauded him for exactly that, bringing yeah. the importance of German literature yeah. to the United States. So he sees Don Giovanni. Yeah. Like Mozart's Don Giovanni. Yes. Like, yeah. Live, yeah. I mean, you know, like he's yeah. Mozart's he's, alive. He's he's like doing. He, he's having kind of an interesting time <laughs> over there. Like yeah, great time. He's loving it, reading, yeah. writing. Yeah, and you know, like I was saying, the work of being a minister is like pretty cush. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not. He's making pretty good money. Yeah, he's doing okay and all that. And, mm-hmm. and um, in eighteen hundred, uh, I just thought this was super interesting. Him yeah. and Lisa go on a trip to Silesia. So, oh yeah, Silesia, which I didn't know was even a place. No, um, it's like modern day Pol- part of where modern day Poland is. Okay, and it's a place that was rarely visited by travelers. Oh in yes, Europe. and while they were there, he writes a series of essays about yes. the history and the culture yes. and economy, politics, and it was called the Silesia. I don't even know if I'm saying the country mm-hmm. right, but the Silesia letters. It's S I L E S I A, and they were published and republished, mm-hmm. and and it was like. Apparently, like an yeah. amazing, pretty complete, like a tourist work guy. about this place that hardly anyone yeah. ever visited. So, yeah. anyway, his first <sighs> child is born in eighteen oh one, George Washington Adams, yep. um, and then he, John Adams, as one of his last acts of office mm-hmm. as president, yeah. recalls 
JQA from Europe. Mm-hmm. This really upsets. It's John not what Quincy. he wants. It's not what he wanted. Because there was this idea of like, <clears throat> you could just keep me here and see if Jefferson decides yeah. to keep me. Right. But by recalling me, there's no, obviously no chance right. of that happening. We don't know if Jefferson right. would have kept him there or right. not. So, so yeah. yeah. So JQA would like to stay at this post. Yes. Moving from his dad's administration to Jefferson's yes. administration. He doesn't really want to come back. And John Adams is basically, I'm not going to give my enemy mm-hmm. the satisfaction yes. of recalling my son. Yeah. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, JQA is like, I, my own, I. <laughs> like, I love Europe. Please I'm let happy. Me stay here. I'm happy. I get to write and yeah. read. Him. He's is having this literary life. He's yes. translating. He's yes. like seeing theater. He's yes. writing travel guides and essays. Yes. And and the job is so perfect for a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's meeting all these interesting he's, people. I mean, my God. Yes, he's getting to live a lifestyle that is not exactly what he had in mind. Yeah. But pretty damn close. Pretty darn close. If he and I would even say, I mean, this is just conjecture. If yeah. he had stayed in Europe, yes. like let's just say another right. five, ten years somehow, yeah. like he yeah. just gets one thing tossed after another. Around and min- I think he would have yeah. actually become like yeah. a literary guy, yeah. like yeah. fully, like as a career, yes. and would have gotten more interested in the sciences, yes. which he does become interested in later on. He, but he becomes yeah. the president of the Academy of Arts and Sciences, yes. which is. This is, that's mm-hmm. the that's the Oscars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know. It's crazy. I mean, that, we weren't doing the Oscars then. No, but, but that's the same. It's <laughs> yes. the same. It's, it's the, the same, same organization. It's the same. The, the statue's based on him. Nuh-uh. No, it isn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that would be, what a ball to drop there. It is a little, it is a little bald guy. Yeah, right? but, but I don't know. Different bald guy. Different bald guy. <laughs> uh, he's got to go back to the States again, right? It's yeah. like, oh, had this great time in Europe, and just like when he was a kid. His dad is like licking his wounds. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he wants the whole family to join in. Yeah. We all got to sit here and eat worms and die. Yeah, I didn't get reelected. Because my dad didn't get reelected. No, no, <laughs> Papa. I know it sucks. It sucks, and and he's got to go be a lawyer again. Yes. He's dissatisfied. Yes. He's got less time to read and write. Yeah. Um, but it is at this time that the political ambition starts to uh-huh. just bubble, 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 uh-huh. just a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and he does say, "quote A man may as well be busy about nothing for the public as for himself." Yeah. So he did feel like his time and effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and intellect could be used for the good. Mm-hmm. And I, this does like drive him mm-hmm. pretty much here on forward as far as like yeah. wanting to be in public service. Like he cares about that part. Like he's not mm-hmm. doing it because he wants to be president. Mm-hmm. He's not doing it for the power. Mm-hmm. He's also doing it because being a politician mm-hmm. is a lifestyle and a job that is much more suited yes. to having interests in reading and writing yes. and science yes. and leisure time yes. because you have... When Congress isn't in session, you mm-hmm. have all this downtime. Mm-hmm. Unless you're literally the president, yeah. you have a lot of time to pursue these other interests. Yes. Like, and and something that I really related to there is like I've chosen my day job mm-hmm. to be something that makes it easy for me to yeah. be a writer and yeah. pursue creative interests when mm-hmm. I'm not at work. So I mm-hmm. totally get it. He's yeah. like, listen, yeah. I might as well be doing some good. 
Yeah. And the schedule also just so happens to be better for my writing mm-hmm. and reading and interest. So mm-hmm. here I go. Yeah. So he he runs and wants to do so as an independent. Mm-hmm. He basically <clears throat> he starts out leaning more towards his dad's party, which was the, the rep- Federalists. The, yeah, they're Federalists. But then he ends up pretty well, much being a Republican like over the years. He gets a state Senate seat in Massachusetts in 1802. Uh-huh. But then like literally a year later, a seat opens up in 1803 yeah. and he runs for that and he gets it. Now, a, a thing about JQA mm-hmm. is he's very... If the people want me to run, then I'll run. <laughs> yeah. But what they ends up being is quite a manufactured, like, see no evil situation. Because <laughs> a lot of bad things are done to get him elected, but he takes no responsibility yeah. for any of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and, so it's like, it's not all rosy, yeah. but, you know, he's kind of. Well, I, and I'm, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. okay, again. Mm-hmm. I think he has OCD. Mm-hmm. I have OCD. Mm-hmm. I'm recognizing this in him. And the thing about OCD is it's genetic and it's degenerative. Mm-hmm. It gets worse. And so things that you can manage, you start to be less able to manage. Yeah. But something like politics, that's a lot of like, you know, talking and da-da-da. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that's really pretty easy to do. Yeah. Whereas like being a lawyer, that's a lot of remembering this and like putting in order and stuff like that and that's stuff that's harder to do yeah so like as you're getting older and something's getting more difficult mm-hmm. and something else is getting more easy it, yeah you start veering towards the easier that's thing. such a good point yeah yeah he, he just he does gravitates towards the politics yeah. because it's just there is an ease to yeah. it because yeah. of that yeah yeah um so he gets to washington uh after being elected senator mm-hmm. a day late mm-hmm. to vote on the louisiana purchase mm-hmm. and man he beats himself up about this because he was like he was like i was late you know because he's coming in on he's filling like an open yeah. seat yeah. off the usual schedule mm-hmm. and so he gets there like a day late and he's so hard on himself uh his second child was born like right before that yeah which was John, John yes, Adams II. John second. Adams the second, yeah. And uh, so he's really hard on himself for his tardiness. Because he would have voted against, against I think. it. Yeah, I believe so. Whatever so, it is, I'm against it. That's yeah. an old Groucho Marx song yeah. that I think <laughs> applies to JQ. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he makes a pretty comfortable life for himself there. Yeah. And he kind of just, he, he's. Tries to be as individualistic as possible. Mm-hmm. Tries not to be swayed by the party yeah. of it. He, he's not wanting to be a northeasterner, right? And like partisan in that way. Yeah. He cares about the whole country. Yes. Now, <laughs> being self righteous mm-hmm. gives you a lot of opportunities to be obstinate and opinionated. <laughs> yes, exactly. And <clears throat> guilty. <laughs> <laughs> well, he gets this kind of boost in 1805. He gets a, he's still a senator at mm-hmm. the time. He gets elected to Harvard's pro, ha, eh. Oh. He gets elected to Harvard's professional profess 
professional. They okay, won't, so they won't hire me after this. They would this. never hire you. Professorial chair of rhetoric and oratory. Okay, so his cousin cousin helps him get the job, but he well, doesn't care about that nepotism. <clears throat> yeah, there's a situation <laughs> where like someone I don't remember the details. Someone bequeathed a certain amount of money to Harvard, uh-huh. and it was invested in a way, and it became it turned into a lot of money, yeah. and so the the only way to kind of like smooth this over uh-huh. was to nominate uh-huh. him right and boy he had harvard by the balls and he, he was not kidding around i mean he he got he up picked his plum, schedule yeah he, picked- he had one <laughs> lecture on friday and yeah. then office hours later on that friday basically, basically. and i because mean he was also a senator so it was yeah like, it had this- to be like with his schedule yeah. as <laughs> yeah like, he he <laughs> yeah but i mean good for him yeah he was a good professor. He was. He was what? Very well liked. He was very well liked. And in 1808, mm-hmm. loses re-election. Yeah. Right before this, his third son, Charles, is born. Yeah. Um, he loses re-election in 1808. Mm-hmm. And then he briefly goes back to law, takes mm-hmm. up a Supreme Court case. Yeah. Fletcher v. Peck. Which is like a really major, like it's like a precedent, like it's one of the major Supreme Court cases that like really shapes the Constitution on a fundamental level. It has to do with like uh, contracts being involved. involved. It was confusing. It's confusing. It was one of those things where it's like, (laughs) it's about this very specific thing, but it had grand implications. If anyone out there, well, all I know is it glorifies Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution, but if anyone out there... Has like a fun and quirky explanation of Fletcher v. Peck, and it's interesting. Yeah. Send it our way because I yeah. really, I, I like glazed over it a couple times. I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's not that important. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's important, but not. I'm sure not, it's fun. Not, but not, we had a biography to get through. We had a biography to read. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot to get sidetracked yeah, there, on. There's a lot. Much like he often got sidetracked he often on things. Got sidetracked on things. Yeah. So. So then he's you know living his little life. Hmm. Then here comes Madison as president. Yeah. And he's like, hey, want to be minister of Russia? Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, I yeah. love Europe. Yeah. I love that, of course. And at this point, he kind of feels like he got the job on his own merit. Yeah. Um, because he's he spent so much time over there as a diplomat. Yes. His parents, Abigail and John, are not okay with this. They're like, Shocked. you're going to go back over there, but uh, you're just creating like a political uh, and legal life for yourself. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And um, his only real thing that he's mm-hmm. kind of like mm, about is that he has to leave this Harvard position. Yeah. But but oh, the students dem- just demand uh-huh. that he publish the lectures. Yes. His- <laughs> and he does. I mean, like people like adore him. Yes. Like in certain contexts. Yes. For sure. So they mm-hmm. go to Russia. They go to Russia. With Louisa and the youngest son, who's two. The older two stay home. Yeah. They then, he then becomes like BFFs, like pretty Mm -hmm. literally with Emperor Alexander I. Yeah. Now, this is like an actual close friendship that happens. They were truly, truly friends. Yes. Like they would talk about all kinds of stuff together. Well, Adams was an early riser Uh and he liked to go for walks. Yep. And he would walk this path and he would run into Emperor Alexander the First. Yeah. Who also he and his wife like played with the kids. Yeah, like they didn't have kids of their own. Yeah. And they played with the little one, mm-hmm. the uh, the youngest son, Charles. Charles. I think. Yeah, Charles yeah. Francis. 
Um, and then like, well, also, so he was about 10 years younger than JQA. Yeah. He was 32, the emperor, uh-huh. and JQ was 42-ish. Oh, okay. And um, he was a very, like, humane and enlightened. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he was a, he was, he was one of the good. One of the good ones. One of the good ones in Russia. Yeah. Yeah, there's some, there goes back and forth. Yeah, yeah, And I yeah. don't know how good, I can't really, I don't really no. know that much about him, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did want to note that there was, <laughs> when they get to Russia. Uh-huh dysentery oh. just terrible yeah terrible and it's from the water in mm-hmm. the river neva mm-hmm. neva 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 yeah I'm, sure. I'm just yeah bombing on pronunciation I, tonight um i think it's probably yeah but every it's everyone goes newcomer through newcomer and saint petersburg goes through it yeah they call it seasoning oh yeah just like <laughs> a, like a cast that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> And it was so. like spelled like in the book. It was spelled like the weird old fashioned yes. way. <laughs> it was like where it's like dysentery, but it's like D Y S E O N T. You know, <laughs> like what? Like fetus or what? something? Where it's like F E O U T. Yeah. Like oh wait, what's this old timey illness? <laughs> so he, while he's there, he is just keeping everyone abreast mm-hmm. of what's going on in Europe. So again, he's got this like really mm-hmm. chill job. Yeah. Um, financially, it's not like, okay, so <laughs> here comes Abigail again. Oh, wow. With another damn letter. I can't. Abigail. Financially, this isn't the best yeah. for JQA and his wife and son. Yeah. They're not getting enough, as as much money as the yeah. other, like, diplomats at yes. court. Like, the French diplomat has, yeah. like, a $500,000 budget or, <laughs> or something. something. crazy, yeah. And his salary is, like, 9000 yeah, a year. Yeah, it's, like, barely enough to, like, yeah. get by on. And I mean, like, the home is, like, 2000 a year or yeah. something like that. Yes, it's crazy. But, listen, mm-hmm. quality of life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, quality of life. But, and but- we see that, but Abigail... So here's what he does. He writes, he's writing to his mom. Mm-hmm. I don't think he meant anything by it, but he was just kind of complaining about yes. stuff as you do with your mom. Yes. And you got to watch it when you do that, when you start complaining about mm-hmm. stuff to your mom, because who knows what's going to happen. You know, if Especially you exa- if your mom is. Mm-hmm, Abigail mm-hmm. Adams. And so if you over-exaggerate, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. which he did in the letter. And I think he was also kind of teasing her a little yes. bit. I think he was trying to like get her yeah. goat a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And he got more than that. Mm-hmm. So what she does is... With, with no prompt no from JQA. Anyway. He's just talking to his mom about yeah, yeah, yeah. what's going on in Russia. <laughs> Personally. Yeah. <clears throat> she writes a letter to President Madison. Yeah. Asking mm-hmm. for JQA to be recalled. Yeah. <laughs> saying that this, the conditions are yeah. terrible. Da-da-da. My son is having a horrible time in Russia. And Madison's <laughs> cool about it. So he then writes a letter to JQA. Yeah. And is like, uh... Are you okay? Your well, mom wants me to recall you. Are you okay? I got the impression Madison was like, uh, I'm guessing your mom is just an overbearing bitch. <laughs> so I'm not going to recall you. Yeah. Like, I got the impression that Madison was very much like, I'm sure he knew how, I'm sure he knew Abigail very well. Yeah. <clears throat> he did. <laughs> While he's there, in addition to this mm-hmm. shenanigan with Abigail, there is a death on the Supreme Court. Yeah. And JQA is, his name is put in mm-hmm. for the spot mm-hmm. on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. The Senate endorses it. Mm-mm. Madison sends him a letter. Mm-hmm. JQA's like, 
No, no. I don't really don't want to do that. That would be the worst thing in the world for him. <laughs> he doesn't want a anything life, to do with it. The same thing for the rest of his life. No. No. Thank God he saw that in himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly. No, really. He he declines. Yeah. Which was like, oh, by the way, Abigail couldn't be more angry about this. Oh, I mean, this would be a dream for her. <laughs> so he declines. <sighs> and uh, he says the reason he can't do it is because his wife is pregnant. Yes. But he would have hated the job. That's why. He, he well, and she's very surprised to be yeah. used for this <laughs> excuse. She's like, that's why. Oh, that's why? Said. Yes. Okay. But she. They do have a daughter. They have this a daughter. is just after their 14th wedding anniversary, mm-hmm. 1811. She has Louisa Catherine Adams. Mm-hmm. She only lives to be one year old. I know. Yeah. They, so. And it's very sad. She's buried there in St. Petersburg. In St. Petersburg. Yeah. And, and they, yeah. And Alexander I, before she passed, offered to mm. be the godfather. But yes. JQA was like, eh, diplomatically, that seems yeah. iffy, so we're not going to do that. But yeah. thanks for the But offer. very honored to be asked. But very honored. Yes, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. When the War of 1812 begins, it's kind of like, all right, JQA, you're going to be our guy. You need to go. In England. You're going to go. Yeah. You're going to help with peace negotiations. Mm-hmm. Um and then we're going to make you the minister of Great Britain when the yeah. war is over. Yeah. So they pop over there. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up being in 1814, one of the guys who mm-hmm. works on the Treaty of Ghent. Treaty of Ghent. And he negotiates a, peace. He does a good job on it. He does a great job. He does a great job. He kind of hates the people he's working with. No, yeah, Including not a Henry fan. Clay. Yeah. But uh, he, oh, he... Hates listen, Henry Clay. Hates him. He comes around to him eventually. Kind of. He's like, likes him enough. Enough. <laughs> He hates them less, you, him less than other people. You later. can't be. Here's the thing about. Oh, here's another thing about. I, I recognize in him is mm-hmm. you can't be that abrasive and not be forgiving because you just yeah. run out of people. <laughs> you got to get over it eventually because. Otherwise, there'll be no one left. Yeah, there's yeah. no one. <laughs> the world isn't big enough. He there is pretty happy. Mm-hmm. He's there with the whole family. They have the two sons get shipped over. Yes. By 1816, he's composing all these poems yes. with his, in his spare time. Mm. He really wants to be this great poet. Mm-hmm. And then by late 1816, yeah. he learns that Monroe is going to name him Secretary of State. Yeah. This isn't exactly what he wants because, again, he's loving his European yeah. lifestyle. And he's, like, literally a poet. Yeah. Um. He's gotten pretty close to his dream here. He's getting really close. And that's the but, thing is, like, if he had been uh, able to stay longer, he probably would have, like, lived exactly the life yeah, he wanted. But that's not what Destiny that's had in store. <laughs> he goes back to the States. He celebrates his 50th birthday at sea. Mm-hmm. He gets a really warm welcome when he returns. Even from the start, mm-hmm. it's, okay, we aren't going to really talk too much about the election of 1824. Because it's it's going to get its own little... It's going to get its own little flashcard. Yeah. Because it's complicated. And it's complicated. And it's also dramatic. Yeah. And it's also it's full of Andrew Jackson. Oh, boy. I bring up that because from the start mm-hmm. of his time as Secretary of State... Yeah. It is clear that in eight years, mm-hmm. he's going to be the one most poised for the presidency, yes. regardless of what JQA thinks about that. 
I mean, he can be coy all he wants. Yes. But but like everyone else who's interested mm-hmm. in the presidency gunning for him. Is gunning for him because yeah. we've had now two the last two presidents, I believe, were Secretary mm-hmm. of State before becoming president. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, this guy is like the one to beat. And he and JQA mm-hmm. like actually at the beginning was like, I do not intend to do that. Mm-hmm. When he was a fe- senator, he was a federalist. Okay, yes. Right? And then later he was, and now he's in a Republican He is a Republican now. Yeah. But what I'm saying is there's already some feelings of, from the public, or, yeah. and also from his co-senators, I think, of that JQA is politically stationing himself to be, like, you know, promoted yeah. by a grateful, yes. you know, re- when really he's just going from his dad's party and he was already kind of independent kind of and then he sort of like found his way politically. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, yes. in reality, it is sincere. Things, he's yes. not really does not really yes. care about party. He when he is made secretary of state. Yeah. There's already some feelings of this yes. little sycophant. Exactly. And now he's playing king of the hill. And he is on top of the hill, which means everyone's got to come knock him down. Yeah. So so he has a really hard time as Secretary of State because yeah. of this, because they're all coming for him. Yeah. Like Henry Clay, Andrew mm. Jackson, Calhoun. Mm. He's got mm. these enemies like and, there. <laughs> oh, boy. He does not take enemies, having enemies well. He does not. Or actually, he probably takes it too well. Yeah, he's, he, he he's like in, secretly loves it. He's invigorated by. <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, man. It fuels him. I mean, his dad was like the same he way. Was. <laughs> you know. And I am the same And way. I am too. <laughs> He's still lamenting. I'd rather be a professor or a poet yeah. or a scientist. And it was a painful time. Yeah. He does work on the Adams-Onis Treaty, mm-hmm. which was part of Florida, getting mm-hmm. Florida. The Monroe Doctrine, which we talked about in the Monroe mm-hmm. episode. He was a spectator to the Missouri Compromise. And he was like totally appalled by the decision and really wanted to enter the debate, but of course, the Secretary of State, that's not his place. At the time, he tries to sleep only a few hours a night so mm. that he can get as much done as he'd like to, which doesn't last long, but he keeps trying it. And I can relate to this because sometimes I go through periods where I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Six hours is enough. That's fine. I got writing to do. Oh, I can do I'm this. better about not doing this yeah. now, but I, yeah. I used to do this pretty intensely. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also, this is mm. so important. Okay. Mm-hmm. When he was Secretary of State, mm-hmm. he got really into the metric system. Oh. Like, really into I the mean, metric system. Yeah. It's like, I mean. He spends months. He gets into weights and measures. He's doing measurements. I mean, he, he I believe, publishes, like, the authority on weights and measures and yep. stuff like that. And he gets all distracted. Louisa, and like the whole time, is like, oh boy. are you kidding me? Are you... What a saint. She was not. She was just, She was like, are you working on your stupid little measurements in there? Like, that was literally like what she was saying. <laughs> this was an obsession. Like, doing, like, almost nothing else yeah. I mean, other than measuring it, stuff. Okay. I don't remember the specific thing, but it was something like, a gram equals this many kernels of wheat or something. Well, it's important to note at the time there wasn't really a standardized right. what was measurements. The standard? It was craziness. Yeah. And he was like, if we just adopted the metric system, well. he spent all this time in Europe, just like me, just I like- still do my clocks and the 24-hour clock. <laughs> I noticed I that just a minute ago. I love the metric ago. system. I love it because I spent time in Europe and so I totally agree with JQA. But anyway, um, so... I'm... <laughs> like me, he's a snob. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> he wrote this thing called a report of the Secretary of State upon weights and measurements. Yeah. And for those who are genuinely interested in the metric system. Uh-huh. Not me. It is. Be- <laughs> Trent hates it. I measure um, everything with my own thumb. <laughs> weights. <laughs> distances. Volumes. Everything. And when I say volume, I don't mean the amount of water something displaces. I mean the the Deci- audible level. Yeah, use- <laughs> instead of decibels, I use thumbs. Okay. <laughs> yep. This is an ideological difference that we have. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the very few. One of very few. Yeah. He it, it is basically the finest scholarly like thing written ever on the subject, and basically remains so to this day. So, you know what? I'm just saying, like, I bring up this random crap because it's like, he's translating German poetry. He's Mm -hmm. writing about the metric system. At one point, he writes, like, a history of the Jewish people. I don't think it ever gets finished. He's trying to write a biography about his dad. He's doing, I mean, he gets into gardening. He's like, he's like, he's got all these interests and... Mm -hmm. He, he, some of them actually do come to fruition yeah. and end up in a finished product. So it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Here we are. The presidency. Huh. The year is 1824. 1824. A lot of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Election. Mm-hmm. Bada, bada, ba. We're going to talk about it in a flash. Let's just episode. say he won. He won. The only note I'll say on that mm-hmm. is that he gets 84 electoral votes. Mm-hmm. Andrew Jackson ja- Andrew Jackson wins 90 electoral votes. Uh-huh. Andrew Jackson also won the popular vote by yeah. 35 around 35,000 mm-hmm. votes. On top of that, there were other people involved who mm-hmm. also split the vote, so no one had a majority. Yeah. It goes to the House of Representatives, yeah, and they choose JQA. So yeah. we'll go into what the heck all that's we about. We'll get into it separately. more. Well, I should back up just slightly and say uh-huh. that you know he started out not even wanting to run. Yeah. He ends up deciding to run, first of all, because everyone's assuming he's going to. Right. <laughs> like, literally. Like, right, you're of Secretary course. of State, of course you're going to run for yeah. president. Yeah. His main reasons for running mm-hmm. are wanting to stand, kind of, quote, like, stand tall in history. Yeah. Doing, he has still has this will to want to do good for mankind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He also wants to emulate and, like, also potentially surpass his father. Sure. And it's also good for the family name. Yeah. He also hated yeah hated 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 like freaking hated and i don't even know andrew who you're jackson. gonna say okay yeah andrew jackson because there's more than one him. he also really hated calhoun yeah he wasn't a fan of clay fan of or clay. crawford either but i mean he hates being president oh, it does not go <laughs> so well for much. him at all not at all four years total misery he gets nothing done i mean the, nothing the book that we read mm-hmm. says outright says outright got Done. There's one chapter dedicated to his presidency. Yeah. Yeah. So everything he does is thwarted by Congress. Yeah. They are they don't like him. They don't want anything to do with uh, him. No. And everyone's just basically waiting for Andrew Jackson to be president. Yeah. He's actually looking forward at this point yeah. to being defeated by Andrew Jackson yeah. in re-election. That's how much he hated it. At that point, I mean, the the machine of Andrew Jackson was yeah. so unstoppable. Like truly. Like he yeah. he I mean in like, I can't speak to it too much, but I know just from, like, cursory knowledge about him, mm-hmm. 
you know, he mounts a campaign the second this is over, Mm -hmm. gives up his position as senator to devote the next four years to the presidential election in 1828. I mean, he, I mean, what's the president going to do about that? I mean, he, it's, it's actually wild. Um, Yeah. Just the contrast between these two people could not be any bigger. So let's talk about what Adams tried to do. As president. Very briefly. Yeah. He wanted, Mm -hmm. they did not let him, Mm -hmm. to participate in Pan-American Union. So this had to do with all the stuff that was going on in Panama, uniting kind of like South and North America, Mm -hmm. Central America. He had some kind of hippy-dippy ideas. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to establish a national university. Yes. He wanted to create a national astronomical observatory. He loved astronomy. He did. And he got ridiculed for that. Yeah. He called them like lighthouses of the sky or something. Mm-hmm. They're like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, they like just made fun of him. All right. Um, he just wanted to look at the stars. He wanted to improve patent laws. Yeah. Enact uniform weights and measurements. Well, yeah, AKA okay. metric He's system. He's got he wanted to build canals and roads. Yeah. Every single thing had vengeful opposition. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just like yeah. tearing down. And, and what sucks about that is like, Imagine if we had done those things in 1824. So he grows moody, haggard, mm-hmm. depressed, mm-hmm. loses a lot of weight. Loses weight. Not looking good. Not looking good, no. I mean. John Adams dies in 1826 while yeah, he's in office. While he's in office. There's all this family estate stuff to deal mm-hmm. with. When he is seeing that he will not be elected for a second term. Yeah. An opportunity to purchase a flour mill yes. comes up. Yes. And he has this idea of, you know what? That's what I'm going to do when I uh-huh. retire uh-huh. is I'm just going to mill some flour. Well, there was a whole bunch of like, well, now this is when he has this feeling of religious providence of like, oh, this is being presented to me. Yeah. And he uses it as this excuse to buy this thing without researching it. It's a drain on him. And also his he has to like bail his parents out of debt. Yes. At one point, long before they, quite a while before he passes away. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's some, there's Financial management problems, management, money management, management issues. And then when his dad passes away, mm-hmm. he does this thing where he essentially buys out the estate. Yes. But he doesn't have the money to do that. Yeah. Yeah, he so just wants to keep it in the family. He just wants so, it. Yeah. And so he's, he's yeah, he's having a hard time letting things go. And uh, he leaves in charge of it. You know, he has, like, people looking after and mm-hmm. stuff, and it's not going real well. Yeah. But then later in life, mm-hmm. uh, after John and George are both gone, yeah, he does have Charles is a lawyer and mm-hmm. Charles is pretty good with money. Yeah. And t- is telling his dad, look, you got to let me manage the money. And he, yeah. he, he, I think Charles kind of has to go back and forth a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, all right, dad, look, I'm leaving if you don't do this and then yeah. leave and then they call him back kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But eventually he does seem to get the estate pretty much yes. in order. Yeah. Charles ends up being kind of the responsible. Yeah like son that yeah kind of helps save the day a little bit yeah. and yeah yeah so <sighs> election of 1828 <clears throat> vicious yeah. yeah jqa 
tries to give it back to Jackson as hard as he can. Mm-hmm. Mostly probably out of pride. I don't think he has any inkling that he's going to win this thing. He's He doesn't see himself being able to win. Right. But he, at this point, begins a... a oh, what's the word I'm looking for? He begins a, a campaign from here uh, here to four to... Destroy Andrew Jackson. Well, and to defend his own reputation. Defend his reputation, yes. yeah. And that is his... You know, the, the, he that fuels him at this. The point. rest of his life is going to be dedicated to this idea of yeah. his legacy because that's how he has to frame this. Yeah, you know, yeah, and and he actually succeeds in it. Okay, so he's out of office. He's out of office. Yeah, he starts out the, bad. Yeah, he starts out. Depressed. He starts out pretty bad. Yeah, at first, pretty depressed. Yeah. This is his his son George dies shortly after the yeah. term ends. He took his own life. It was really. Devastating we, for the whole family. Yes, he he was he he blames himself largely. Yeah, because um, he, he was so hard on him. Yeah, and and I'm sure recognizes was not able to admit this, but recognizes the pattern that he's JQA does have a heart. He's he writes so much mm-hmm. and he's so hard on himself, but there are still a lot of things he doesn't even say. Yeah, a lot of feelings yes. he never expresses. He does like a little better yeah. than his father he does in better some ways. and that is yeah. what we all hope to do yeah so <sighs> he in he's going through this very hard yes. time in the family yes. he's just lost the presidency obviously mm-hmm. that doesn't feel good he's kind of having to rethink his legacy mm-hmm. he he tries to write his father's yeah. charles is encouraging him yes. to do this and, and he gets mired in like having to go all the way back to all the Adams family yeah. history. Oh, yes. He, he, he goes on sidetrack. He never finishes it. He no. just kind of just side no. side quests his way out yeah. of it. <laughs> but I mean, he was, yeah. and, and, and this was something that was not just a lark he took up. Like this was yeah. something I think he promised his dad that he would he do. He did, yeah. Um, yeah. He endeavors at one point to work on it an hour a day, but then he just spends can't. that hour like. Yeah. Musing over the different spellings yeah. of Quincy. Yeah, brain tree was like, yeah. Spelled weird. And so he was became obsessed with that. Tree and then he, was like T-R-Y. Yeah. So he's just, yeah. he he goes down these weird yeah. paths. So Yeah. And chastises himself the whole time. Yep. 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 So his favorite activity during this time, mm-hmm. well, this is like his quote, retired life. So this yeah. is right after the presidency. Yeah. His favorite activity, one of them, was to read through some of Thomas Jefferson's papers Mm -hmm. and point out the errors and sins of him. Oh, yeah. He gets real. Yeah. Yeah. He gets, like, vengeful as he gets older. Yeah, he gets a little wrath of God. He writes a poem called, or it's like a long, long poem called Mm -hmm. Dermot McCoro and the Conquest of Ireland, and Uh it gets published as a book. Uh It actually sells quite a few pot copies. So this is all going on around this time. Now- He decides uh-huh. in 1830. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this, this retirement. This retirement isn't working for me. <laughs> oh, you're not quitting the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was really sudden. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't let this slide. <laughs> uh, <huh>. <laughs> <sighs> so he's like, uh-uh. uh-uh. This isn't working for me. I don't like to golf. You know, like how a lot of people who retire, uh-huh. they're just like, oh. all right, I'm going to golf and read and do. And he didn't really yeah, yeah, golf because yeah. it wasn't really a thing. But um, there are people who lo- look forward to that retirement. Mm-hmm. But mm-mm, no, 
they get there. I mean, I, I... He's already achieved the highest office in the land. I don't want to skip ahead. Okay. But one of the things that I did remember about JQA mm-hmm. was he was the president who took an office after yes. being president. Yes. So in 1830, he runs for House of Representatives, gets yeah. the seat. Okay. Let's talk about this. This is my favorite thing about him. Let's just unpack this for one minute. Oh, girl. He was the president. Yeah. Yeah. He obviously doesn't care about the power. No. If he's now, like, more than happy. By the way, he's way happier being a a representative than president. This is perfect for him. It's perfect. House of Representatives is... Perfect, because it's a bunch of talking. Talk, 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 talk. And to him, it's like the House of Representatives is like the most direct representation yes. of the people, like population wise. Mm-hmm. He oh. he writes letters to. He's really into like keeping oh. his constituents up his to constituents. date. He loves his constituents. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> he goes on to serve mm-hmm. nine terms mm-hmm. in the House of Representatives. After being president. He'd have done more if he could have. Could have done, yes. And he's the only president to have done this. Yes. Let me set the stage. Oh, set that stage. Andrew Jackson serves two terms. Mm-hmm. This is JQA's sworn enemy. Oh, boy. Okay? He, I mean, like, literally sees him as a nemesis. At one point, Harvard offers an honorary degree to Andrew Jackson and JQA is beside himself. Yeah. This trashy. He's like, I think he, he's like in every way is unworth of it. Like he is just degrading mm-hmm. the institution. And I mean, oh. and the whole time Jackson is in new England, he's like mm-hmm. having health problems yeah. and JQA is just like giggling about it. Oh, he's like he? so happy that he's like fell yeah. ill. He's like, ha, 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 enjoy uh, your time in New England. Ooh, love it. <laughs> I mean, like, he hates him. It's so, like, palpable. <laughs> yes. Um, so, okay, he goes through a few terms, yeah. right? He is finding his way. He He's very against the nullification crisis mm-hmm. in the South. He He's already aligning himself to kind of combat the South. Yeah. Like, he's he thinks all the politicians from the South pretty much. Yes. Are like representing evil. Horrible. Yeah. This is someone who morally is just against slavery. His father was too. Yes. And it's just something that up until this point, I don't think he really thought much about. It wasn't really part of his like, like he wasn't his whole life doing all these abolitionist things or anything like that. I don't think it was really on his mind much. Mm -hmm. But as he's starting to see kind of dealing with these Southern politicians mm-hmm. and he's in he's dealing with politics in this way and things are ratcheting mm-hmm. up in the mm-hmm. lead up to the civil war mm-hmm. he is really like starting to take a very strong stance on things yeah and uh i think at his core he's just like morally opposed mm-hmm. to slavery yes but he is focused on what he can do as a house like yes. in the house as about this he's not yes. writing as he's not necessarily like the best ally to the Mm -hmm. abolitionists Mm -hmm. but he does a lot in his own way and he becomes very much like 
loved and adored by abolitionists. He's very yeah. outspoken. Here's here's kind of what happens. In 1836, mm-hmm. the gag rule is instated, yeah. which is basically saying that like issues concerning slavery can't be petitioned by the people in mm-hmm. Congress mm-hmm. in the in the House. Yeah. I don't know if I have that exactly right, it, but but pretty much that. Yeah. It's just it can't even really be discussed. Essentially. It, it's basically like anything that involves slavery is being tabled. Yeah. And again, yeah, I'm not sure that I have it hundred percent right. Essentially but that's what's going it on. It becomes a deal where we're not even gonna address it. Yeah. And so people try to put through petitions to talk about it and it's just tabled. Yeah. And he becomes adamant against the tabling. Yes. He and says it, the issue we can't do anything yeah. until we get mm-hmm. the gag rule lifted. Yeah. And he becomes a huge defendant of yeah. the right to petition. Yes. Um, and that becomes his big, big thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So those mm-hmm. are tied together. Mm-hmm. Now, this this sets him up as a hero for the abolitionist movement in that way, but it yes. also gives him an amazing platform to be argumentative. Yes, because he... he... Like, there's points where he's like, am I gagged? Am I gagged? Yeah, you know, he like, literally oh, is he's like, like taunting he... them and shit. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he is actually so successful. Yeah. I mean, it takes hey. a really long time. Yeah. It takes... It, it, it was 1836 to 1844, so it mm-hmm. takes him eight years yeah. to get it lifted, and he was un-wavering. Like, yeah. He just went hard just and fast and harder, soldier. and he did not give up. He was a total, yeah, he was a total soldier for yeah. it. So yeah. the fact that I think, like, he wasn't on this ideological level someone that was, yeah. was you know, uh, communing with the mm-hmm. abolitionist movement, mm-hmm. but he was doing specific things yeah. uh, within was, that realm that advanced the cause. Yes. Yeah. He was no social justice warrior. Exactly. I mean, he was that was not his thing, but he he had a sense of this is how it has to be. Yeah. A couple terms in, he yeah. goes through some health stuff and he's kind of at, at death's door. Yeah, he has like a stroke. Yeah, and he's already stroke. kind of like in this combativeness a little yeah. bit and he's been ratcheting up this fight. Yeah. But and he, this is before the gag rule is lifted, right? Yeah. So this is kind of in the middle of this fight. Yeah, yeah. He goes, he's on death's door. Mm-hmm. And then when he recovers, mm-hmm. he kind of has this like mindset shift. Yeah. And he suddenly like, it's like he's doubled down. Oh, yeah. And he makes a list of enemies. Oh, my God. So it's kind of like a kill list almost. Like these are the people who have like wronged him and he will like avenge himself. (laughs) So it's people that he believed sought to undo him. Uh um, Including Otis Parsons, Pickering, Bayard, Clay, Russell, Crawford, Calhoun, Jackson, and Webster. So these, including others, Mm -hmm. quote, have used up their faculties in base and dirty tricks to thwart my progress in life and destroy Mm. my character. Mm. I have returned good for evil. I have never wronged any of them. So then he goes and he goes back to Congress after this kind of health spell. Yeah. And he is (laughs) like, I mean, that's like right shortly thereafter, the Mm -hmm. gag rule gets lifted. Mm hmm. He was became famous for doing these orations, yeah. and I mean, he toured. He did all this stuff. This yeah. is around, this is after presidency during when he was yeah. a rep. I mean, he would give like three hour speeches yep. and crap. People loved them. Oh, people he was loved great. it. 
He gave a eulogy for Madison when he died, mm-hmm. for Monroe when he died. Mm-hmm. He did a really big speech on the 50th anniversary of George Washington's inauguration. Mm-hmm. He did, I mean, just so much. He did yeah. stuff for society. But, but, I mean, he was he was touring, like doing mm-hmm. little tours even in his like 70s. Yeah. Okay, but when Andrew Jackson died, all right, he had, he's like, well, I said something about these other presidents who died, so I guess I gotta say something about him. Ding dong, the witch is dead. The good witch. He wrote an epitaph. An epitaph? An epitaph. He wrote an epitaph. Jackson was a hero, a murderer, (laughs) an adulterer, who in his last days of life belied and slandered me before the world. And died. <laughs> Damn. <sighs> oh, JQA. I mean, like, how problematic, it. but whatever. Still love it. He's a murderer. He is a murderer. He is a murderer. The- <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. On the total other end of the spectrum, uh-huh. it's important to note that JQA was a little gardening BB. Oh, he, he loved to garden. garden. Yeah. Trees. I don't Planting think he was trees. very good at it. He wasn't good at it. No. We kept trying. He did, and he he loved those granddaughters. Mm-hmm. Oh, he took them to the zoo. I know. He would and do he was... little outings with his grandchildren. It was very sweet. Mm. Yeah, but if you cross him, he'll write he a very damning epitaph. He will. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So All right. he's got his health scare. Has his health scare. And he falls and he dislocates his shoulder. A couple of the other representatives try to help him, but they have to take him to the have to take him to a doctor who yeah. sets it. And then he has to wear a sling. Yeah. Because he's wearing the sling, he can't wear his coat and cravat. And so his wife is like, You I mean, he just she just won't let him go. <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like going nude. You know. But after this accident yeah. After that, when he he does start receiving a lot of respect from his uh, colleagues, co- colleagues. Yeah. yes, his, his, they they now are really seeing him as the elder statesman that he yeah. is. And it's it's <clears throat> like nine terms. I mean, he's yeah. he, and he's a former president. I, I mean, mean, and he does all these speeches yeah. and. You know, he has written some important writings mm-hmm. and, you know, he's John Adams' son and mm-hmm. he's done, he has done so much for the country in some ways. And yeah, and I think like ideologically he represents like someone who is truly doing mm-hmm. it as a public mm-hmm. servant. He mm-hmm. may have these kind of revenge side quests in his yeah. mind and yeah. and the politician's life is certainly comfortable for mm-hmm. him. But his motives for choosing politics as far as yeah. from a power dynamic, I mean, you just don't see that very often. Yeah. We we see so many like power hungry people yeah. in these self-serving. positions, self-serving, like just wanting to yeah. get to the top. Wanting to get, wanting, yeah. Yeah. Wheeling, dealing. He was just trying to get stuff yes. done. Yes. And do stuff for his. I mean, he literally he, would do like I think a yearly report to his constituents. Yeah. I don't know how common that was at the time, but yeah, he took it really. very seriously. He just wanted to prove himself. Yeah. And there's a certain respect that you can develop for somebody mm-hmm. after a long time of fighting with mm-hmm. them. And I think that at the end of his life, the few people that were left, mm-hmm. you know, his contemporaries yeah. had that respect for him. For sure. And so 
one thing that sort of uh, that happened in this last part of his career mm-hmm. that tr- kind of did the final thing to sort of enshrine him within the mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and his legacy was the Amistad case oh, in yes. 1841. Basically, without getting too much in the weeds of how exactly he got involved in this, but mm-hmm. um, he is he is urged by Lewis Tappan of mm-hmm. the American Anti-Slavery Society mm-hmm. to it, this court case basically go ends up going to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. and it involves a slave ship, the Amistad, it was a Spanish slave ship. Mm-hmm. It was seized mm-hmm. along the coast of Cuba. Yes. 1839. Yes. There was a mutiny on the ship mm-hmm. by the enslaved people. Mm-hmm. They, but then the instructions they were given mm-hmm. by the white people on the ship mm-hmm. basically led them to Long Island versus mm-hmm. back to Africa, which is where they were trying to get They're the ship. To go, yeah. So the U.S. Navy finds the vessel. Mm-hmm. They were taken to jail in Connecticut, mm-hmm. and the whole thing becomes this international issue. And I think there's a lot of Things about international waters right. and maritime this law, and a, it's, oh, it's classically all complicated. complicated. And the, the core issue is also, you know, something that's very political. Yeah. Yeah. So Adams gets roped in. Yeah. And he, the, there were some lower courts that ruled mm-hmm. in the favor of the enslaved people. Mm-hmm. But then it was appealed up to the Supreme Court by Mm -hmm. the Van Buren administration. Right. So he was like, eh, eh. Yeah. Eh, eh, I don't Uh -uh. like this. I don't care for this. So he basically comes out of law retirement. He's like, the the administration should not be Mm -hmm. fighting this. Yeah. That's political, political, and... Like, like it, why is this being taken? It shouldn't be the, politicized. Yeah. It should be handled according to law. And he basically argues yeah. what the lower courts argued, which is yeah. this being a human's right, human rights yeah. issue and all of these things. And he is successful in winning them their freedom at yeah. this at the Supreme Court level. Yeah. So that like ends that. Well, this kind of like solidifies his name and his legacy mm-hmm. with the abolitionists mm-hmm. and it's a it's it's a huge deal yeah like so he kind of ends up becoming this important figure mm-hmm. within that realm mm-hmm. and uh yeah i mean it's crazy to think that he had this like totally useless presidency and then mm-hmm. had this like full career before and then this full career after mm-hmm. and he he says, I just thought this was funny. As a side note, mm-hmm. he has a correspondence with an actor who played yes. Hamlet, James H. Hackett. Oh, I know. Yes. <laughs> so they have this correspondence, and it goes on to be like published. Oh. And he JQA says it was a bigger accomplishment than being president. Yeah. Because he was like such a fan of this actor. Oh man. End of life. We gotta. I mean, okay. So I I, I knew that he served. In the house after, and also that he very dramatically died. Died. Now, I mean, he stands to give us uh, a, a no vote. A no vote for uh, something to do with opposition to the Mexican War. Okay, so he stands up to do his vote, mm-hmm. and he falls, mm-hmm. and he is helped off the floor to the 
Some room. Yeah, I think it was house. like the president, not the president's, but the like the leaders, the house leader or something's yeah, chamber. Of, yeah, some chamber. He's, he's he repose. He stays there for a couple of days and he passes away. Yeah, he's there for two whole days. People come and like are paying respects oh to him, goodness. like while he's still. Yeah. There. Yeah. He dies February twenty third, eighteen forty eight. Yeah. The country. Yeah. Mourns. I mean, just goes into insane mourning. I mean, Boston specifically. He is an elder statesman, mm-hmm. and I, I, he literally served this country yes. from his childhood. Served. Yeah. He was a public servant. He it, was absolutely, and as a, I mean. As a person who my career is as a public servant, yeah. I, I put a lot of like, there is something very sacred about that. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. And especially since we don't see yeah. it in the political mm-hmm. side of it as mm-hmm. pure as, I mean, it's never totally pure, but I think yeah. his career is shows a little bit of purity in that yeah. like truly yeah. serving the people. And he had his own interests, but he never did anything much like what we saw with, honestly, every other president we've talked about so far Mm -hmm. and probably most presidents we will talk about. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like sacrificing Mm -hmm. like what you think is best kind Mm -hmm. of like for these political reasons. He literally never did that. He never did that. Mm -hmm. He was like, this is what I know is right. And and that stubbornness isn't Mm -hmm. great in the presidential sphere, but it serves him very well in the house because he was, he was letting himself be guided by a very strong moral Mm -hmm. compass there. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was extremely, he was an advocate for the people. Mm-hmm. He really was the voice of his constituents. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's like, honestly, like a little bit of a, a, a like a little emotional to read about him yeah. because it's like, damn, I wish, I wish mm. like there was more of that now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, he was very flawed. Yes. He did have his additional motives, like, yes. like everyone but he was so hard on himself. Yeah. That when there were places where he felt just righteousness, yeah. he dug in. Yeah. Again, I don't I can never say for a fact if he is neurospicy. Uh but he definitely like had to learn to maneuver himself yeah. in that way. And he yeah. did it. Yeah. So he did. He went on a I mean his his coffin goes on a tour, basically. Yeah. Um, he gets put in the crypt mm-hmm. uh, next to his mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, actually, I believe there's a delay in his coffin and Louisa's coffin. Of course, she dies after him. Yeah. Uh, so she has whatever kind of coffin. And then he has like a special congressional one. Yeah. It's like too big. Yeah. To oh, fit yeah. In the vault. fit in the vault. So they have to like modify the vaults. <laughs> and then as they're moving it, like, um, I believe his grandson ventures to look into the coffin and see how his body is oh, decaying. Oh, yes, I saw. <laughs> <clears throat> and he says he looked very, he looked very, like a very old man with like a stubble, a beard of stubble. <laughs> which will, ha- I mean, they didn't understand yeah. back then. Yeah. They think that they thought that the hair continued to grow, but it, mm. it's just actually the skin retreats around the disgusting it's it is what happens to us all you know um 
Yeah. That's why I'll be getting laser hair removal before I'm corpsed. <laughs> I'm going to leave a beautiful body. Um, so he he lays in repose in that vault in between the two women who had the biggest influence on him, yep. his mother, Abigail, and his wife, Louisa. Yeah. And it, listen. Oh, listen. Another thing we have to talk about. We yeah. cannot just pass by. It barely got mentioned in the book. But like he is left in charge of the Smithson estate. The I guess. Smithson estate? Okay. This later becomes the Smithsonian. Oh. Yeah. So when they're talking about the Smithson money, that's what it is. He's responsible what? for all the Yes. Because this oh money gosh. was given for like education purposes or something, mm-hmm. which is one of his passion projects. And oh, listen, those representatives have their little hands out for that money, and he's like, uh uh-uh. uh. He's like, this no. is getting used. This is getting used nicely. for uh, just preservation of American yeah. history. We've talked about JQA. I, I have nothing more to say. Nope. There's only one more thing to get to. It's the most important thing. More important than the Smithsonian. More important than anything. anything it's why did. we save it for last. Mm-hmm. It's an astrological sign. Mm-hmm. What are you, JQA? He was born on July 11th, which makes him... A cancer. Which is what I am. Which is what you are. (laughs) Oh, boy. I mean, now. Mm -hmm. Cancers. Cancer male characteristics include qualities like being supportive, sentimental, Mm -hmm. moody, family-oriented, and loyal. So accurate for him, all of it. So, oh man. Supportive of his wife. Very supportive. Very, supportive of his country. Oh my God, loyal to his country. To his constituents. Uh, they have big time nostalgic feelings all the time <laughs> and feel the longing in a very deep manner. That's him and and like- And you also. Long, and me longing yeah. for their Europe days. Yeah. He tracks as a cancer. He tracks as a I cancer. Accept it. Maybe I, that's a reason I relate to him. Yeah. So, well, uh, we can only go down from here, presidents wise, uh, as far as a, a moral quality. Yeah. There's a couple good ones. But yeah. mostly this is going to turn into whatever the opposite of a fan podcast is. Yeah. For a couple of guys. The faux pig, <laughs> the faux cast. This has been Pardon, Pardon Me, a presidential. History pod cast. Yes. 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 Are you falling? I'm on the, a stroke. On the, on I'm the floor? falling on the Senate floor. This is actually the House of Representatives. House of Representatives. <laughs> oh, movie, real quick. I'm in the wrong place. I went to the wrong place. No. Lincoln was there. Lincoln was there. Oh, that's right. 